This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. I'm Dave Brown. It's Tuesday, March the 7th, 2023. Coming up in the second hour of the show, there is some speculation around an AR VR headset developed by Apple. Nelson Rago of Cool Blind Tech will chat about this. And it's Tuesday. That means the weekly news quiz is back. Alex Smythe, Karen McGee, and Greg David will be put to the test by me. But the hour begins with the regional news updates. Beginning in British Columbia, BC's Attorney General has tabled a new bill that aims to protect residents against the sharing of intimate images without permission. Nikki Sharma says the legislation would create new legal rights to stop the distribution of intimate images and seek compensation. Sharma explains when the consequences might come into effect. If approved by members of this chamber, this legislation will be retrospective back to this moment when as a bill it received first reading. That means that people who distribute or threaten to distribute Im intimate images without consent are on notice that they will face new legal consequences even if the wrongful conduct happens before the legislation comes into force. And over to the prairies, Saskatchewan is set to achieve $10 a day daycare by April the 1st. Kelly Malone has those details. Saskatchewan Education Minister Dustin Duncan says affordable and high-quality child care provides children with a positive start in life. And it also gives parents the flexibility to build both a family and a career. With the $10 a day child care, parents whose kids are under the age of 6 and attend regulated child care on a full-time basis can expect to pay around $217 each month. Saskatchewan signed on to the Liberal government's national child care plan in 2021. It saw Ottawa commit $1.1 billion over five years. Kelly Malone, the Canadian Press. And the Alberta government is promising $92 million in funding for youth mental health as part of its 2023 budget. Premier Danielle Smith describes where the money will go. This record-breaking investment will be used to focus on key priorities, including helping children and youth improve their mental health, growing Indigenous partnerships, further increasing access to treatment and recovery supports, partnering with first responders to keep communities safe while treating mental health and addiction compassionately, and so much more. The provincial government says the funding would help 700 more youth in Alberta every year. Over to Ontario, the Ontario Autism Coalition says families are having trouble finding information about the province's autism program. Coalition Vice President of Community Outreach, Kate Logue, says communication with the government has been lacking. Families are still having a difficult time accessing consistent, reliable information. This is directly affecting their ability to know about and access the autism program. Logue is calling for a meeting with the Minister of Children, Community and Social Services, Marilee Fullerton. We're at a point now where we're, you know, wanting to have those meetings. We want to share our experiences. We want to help them with solutions, but we're not, we're, we're being ghosted a little bit there, um, which is a bit frustrating. 
And finally, in the Atlantic provinces, voters in Prince Edward Island will head to the polls for a provincial election on April 3rd. Premier Dennis King asked for the legislature to be dissolved yesterday. At dissolution, the Progressive Conservatives held 15 seats, the Green Party held 8 seats, and the Liberals held 4. That's your look at the regional news. Here's Brock Richardson for a sports chat. So, Brock, last week, we finally get around to offering the Toronto Raptors some praise. And ever since we did, they've really been struggling, dropping one of two to the Washington Wizards and losing a game last night to the Denver Nuggets. Although the Denver Nuggets are the number one team in the Western Conference. Maybe no shame in losing that game. But, Brock, there was some controversy as Scotty Barnes was ejected late in the game for arguing calls with referee Scott Foster. You know, I often say that I should never know which referee is refereeing the game at the end of the game. And that was not the case yesterday. Uh, But I will say this is that Scotty Barnes, I can hear the argument. Listen, he's young. He's got to learn all this. But when you are in a one possession game and you disagree with the referee, you need to do all that you can to avoid a, a technical foul. Do I agree with the technical foul? absolutely unequivocally not i think scotty burns was walking away from the situation and it was due to a gesture that uh, he made uh walking away that caused the technical foul you need to be more in control of yourself as an athlete in a one possession game because that one possession game including that technical foul and then the two shots that followed after that because there was a foul call made it into a two possession game mm. and this is a problem you, you you're a team that's hoping to get into you know the the top six to avoid the play-in people are saying they're pretty solidified in the play-in right now um but you're hoping to have bigger aspirations for whatever that's worth and i think making the decision he made was not a smart one and although i disagree with the call from scott foster you can't rely on officials not to do those sorts of things so you really have to temper yourself in in that situation because I really believe that it did ultimately cost him the game. Yeah, Scott Foster is a noted referee who does not like taking guff from any of the players. He loves offering up technical fouls. He loves ejecting guys. He's a very look-at-me-Louie kind of referee. And that's the kind of experience that a player like Scotty Barnes is going to develop here over the years. Still in his second year in the league, he's going to learn which referees you can give a little bit of guff to and which referees you really need to zip it up with. Even as you say, Brock, it was a pretty unreasonable technical technical foul to be assessed. It was also a pretty unreasonable foul that uh, that Scott Foster called against Jakob Pertl uh, in the post late in that game. So uh, yeah. there, there was a lot going around there in regards to the officiating. But if we spent every day arguing about uh, the quality of NBA officiating, we would never talk about anything else. But definitely a tough loss for the Raptors, but, but certainly an encouraging game because it's one thing to struggle against the Washington Wizards, you know, a bottom feeder team in the East who's sort of in a similar-ish position to the Raptors. But to be able to compete with the number one team in the Western Conference and certainly one of the top three teams in basketball, that's a pretty impressive performance by the Toronto Raptors. And there's no such thing as a moral victory in professional sports, but uh, in sports analysis there is, and I would call that a moral victory last night. Yeah, I would as well. And I would say that it was within their grasp. Like they were up, you know, five, seven points a few times in the in the last half of the game. And, and this is what to expect. And I also want to mention, Dave, playing in altitude is not 
as easy as people make it out to be. I mm-hmm. I competed in altitude in my career, and you know it it was tough, and I didn't really recognize it until I was in the moment. And it's tough to play in altitude against a team that that with with that kind of talent. Yeah. As as you know, and so I think that's a factor too. But I think as we've said, there needs to be some live and learn situation in this because that game was in their grasp yesterday and kind of got away from them. I uh, I spent a week in Denver on vacation a couple years ago. I was also disoriented the whole time, but it had nothing to do with the altitude. Brock, let's uh, jump over to Ryan O'Reilly of the Toronto Maple Leafs, suffering an injury Saturday night against the Vancouver Canucks. Broken finger? Looks like Ryan O'Reilly is going to be out for an indefinite period of time on long-term injured reserve. Brock, I didn't think a broken finger would keep uh, the Leafs' center out this long. Yeah, no, I didn't either, but here we are. And I think the only positive that I can add, if I if I can add a positive to this, is I think, well, I know that the Leafs are pretty well locked into that 2-3 uh, spot, whether it's they get home ice or they don't, remains to be seen. I think the important thing is, does he get back, you know, with, with the last little bit of the season and into the playoffs? If the answer to that is yes, I'm pretty satisfied i don't like to see a broken finger sideline a guy for as long as it is but again long-term injury injury list means that he has to be out for at least uh 10 10 games uh for the team and so that would leave them with about uh eight to ten games after that roughly speaking so we'll see how things go but it's a it's a tough loss for the maple leafs and again as as a fan I can say the Maple Leafs just can't have nice things. That's well, just... they've they've struggled out of the trade deadline too. They got their doors blown off by Edmonton. They lost pretty humiliating fashion to Vancouver on Saturday nights. They uh, struggled against Calgary. That that West Coast trip was really rough on them. Yes, it was, and it's it, we'll see. And I keep hearing, ah, oh, it's because they added so many you know new pieces and they'll get together. But I often wonder too when you add so many pieces and and change the 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 culture the dynamic of the team how much does that factor in and i think we might be seeing a little bit yeah. of that. i hope i'm wrong but i think we might be seeing a little bit of the dynamic change uh within the room and sometimes you don't want to mess with that even though you have good talent with you you don't want to mess with the dynamics and the feel of the room that's been going on and i would say that about any team yeah that was, that was my argument last week i thought i thought maybe they over tinkered you know make your big moves make mm-hmm. your ryan o'reilly edition make your uh, make your uh, mccabe edition your jake mccabe edition but maybe there were a few too moves too many moves on the fringes that just sort of change as you say the dynamic in the room but you know what You and I are not in that room, so it's probably best we don't speculate too much. Brock, what I can tell you is that the World Baseball Classic starts tonight. And yes, the tournament starts tonight. A little bit wacky here. The first couple days of the tournament is a lot of games are being played in Asia, which means very weird start times. 11 p.m. Eastern time, the Netherlands and Cuba get going tonight over in East Asia. So, Brock, it's almost tough to sort of gauge your interest level on the World Baseball Classic because, number one, these play times are weird. Number two, watching these games is going to be weird because Sportsnet is not exactly going above and beyond in making these games easily accessible on TV. Yeah, uh, and because of that, uh, my interest level is kind of like, it's hard, you know. Uh, the timing is, is one thing, you know. It's it, You can PVR games and you can watch highlights and it's, it, it's fine, but just not to have it as readily available and for Sportsnet to be running all this, oh, we're going to cover it on Sportsnet now. Yeah, that's all well and good. The one thing I don't like 
is putting uh, baseball on a smaller uh, streaming service. I prefer to put it on my TV, and I find putting Sportsnet now on my TV is very challenging. And so for me, I just feel like they've they've kind of done a disservice to the the, the World Baseball Classic, and I don't think it's fair to those that want to watch it because I would like to watch it, but I'd like to watch it more accessibly than it's presented to me. Yeah, I don't know about these overnight games, these at 10 p.m., 11 p.m., 3 a.m. starts that are going to be occurring mostly between now and Friday. But, Brock, let me run you through what's happening on Saturday when I bet you some of this stuff will pop up on TV. So, Saturday, noon Eastern time, Nicaragua and Puerto Rico. That's going to be a good game. 2 p.m., Colombia and Canada. Sign me up for that. And then the main event, 7 p.m. Eastern time, Dominican Republic and Venezuela. So, Brock, we're not going to talk a ton about the World Baseball Classic necessarily during the week, but by the time the weekend rolls around, I am excited. That's what that's when my feathers are going to get all flared up, and I'm going to start my peacock dance out of the World Baseball Classic. <laughs> yes, and I do hope that some of this has... Uh will pop up i full disclosure i have rogers ignite and i went through as far as it would let me i don't see anything listed as the world baseball classic in my sports app and i have everything you could get in the sports (laughs) app so if i was gonna get it it should show up so i i'm not holding out much hope on this one but i hope all of a sudden it just rears around on saturday where it's like oh there they are because i'd like to watch a few of those games you just outlined but i just find that it might be challenging and uh yeah. inaccessible but if i see it pop up between now and and you know friday as i keep checking i'll be the first to to applaud for putting it on there but i don't see it yet i would be downright stunned if that canada uh if that canada columbia games not on tv next saturday afternoon i would be stunned stunned brock stunned but uh, we'll leave it. We'll, we'll we'll leave it there for now. But on your way out the door, you are the host of the Neutral Zone, which airs Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time on AMI Audio. Don't need Roger Ignite to tell me that. What's coming up on the show today? Yes, uh, the host of the Whiskey and Cream podcast, Ari Shapiro, stops by to tell us his perspective on the what the Blue Jays have done uh, heading into spring training. He gives uh, the management a mark and to how. He believes they did. Plus, we're joined by Peter Parsons, who is the chair of Blind Sports Nova Scotia, mm-hmm. and he tells us about events and happenings that have gone on there and tells us why one of the events was changed to Gold Bowl Tournament. So that's an interesting <laughs> conversation there as well. And I've got some questions for you maybe tomorrow regarding what Ari Shapiro talked about uh, with this Toronto Blue Jays team. I'd be fascinated to get okay. your take on some of what he talked about. Blue Jays deep dive tomorrow on the show. Sounds good to me. Brock, thank you for this. Have a great day. You as well. That's Brock Richardson, the host of The Neutral Zone, which you can find Tuesdays, 11 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-audio, and then on demand on your favorite podcasting platform and on YouTube. You can find Alex Smythe at the AMI Weather Desk. Here is your AMI National Weather Report from Environment Canada, starting off in Cornerbrook, Newfoundland, where it's snow and possible rain off and on today. There's wind gusts up to 50 kilometers per hour. The high is 4 degrees, but the wind chill makes it feel like minus 12. In Charlottetown, PEI, it is mainly cloudy with a chance of snow or freezing rain. The high is zero, but it's feeling like minus 9. To St. John, New Brunswick, it's mainly cloudy with a chance of snow or freezing rain as well. The high is 3 degrees, but the wind chill makes it feel like minus 8. In Quebec City, Quebec, it's light snow today. The highest four degrees, 
but feeling like minus 11 with the wind chill. Here in Toronto, Ontario, it's cloudy in the morning, but it's clearing up and there's wind gusts up to 60 kilometers per hour. The high is plus two, but feeling like minus nine. In Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, it's sunny today. The high is two degrees and with the wind chill, it makes it feel like minus 14. In Brandon, Manitoba, clouds are rolling in in the morning. The high is minus 13, but it's quite cold with that wind chill that makes it feel like minus 33. In Regina, Saskatchewan, it's cloudy with light snow starting in the afternoon. There's also wind gusts up to 50 kilometers per hour. The high is minus 13, but feeling like minus 30 with that wind chill. In Lethbridge, Alberta, it's mainly cloudy with a chance of snow today. The high is minus four, but feeling like minus 23. In Red Deer, Alberta, it's mainly cloudy and there is a chance for snow as well. Minus seven is the high, but it's more like minus 27 when you factor in that wind chill. The Whitehorse Yukon, there's snow in the morning and then it's a mix of sun and clouds in the afternoon. Minus 12 is the high, but it's minus 28 with the wind chill. To Kelowna, BC, it's mainly sunny with a high of six degrees today, but it's feeling more like minus seven. And then finally to Vancouver, BC, where it's a mix of sun and clouds and a chance of rain early in the morning, the high is nine degrees today. And that's your AMI National Weather Report from Environment Canada. Thank you very much, Alex. Coming up next, there is quite a bit of speculation about Apple developing an AR VR headset. Nelson Rago will dive into that with me. This is now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI. There are rumors that Apple is working on an augmented reality slash virtual reality headset. Nelson Rago from Cool Blind Tech is here to dive into some of that reckless speculation with me. Hey, good morning, Nelson. Hey, good morning, Dave. So, Nelson, what are some of the rumored features that Apple is uh, rolling out here with their AR VR headset? Uh, so, uh, one of the rumors is that uh, it's expected to have at least uh, uh, over 12 cameras uh throughout the device, uh, the wearables, so uh, which is a considerable amount of uh, cameras on a headset. Um, they're, they're talking about uh, specific applications for uh, people that are partially sighted and blind, which is awesome. Uh, so it, uh, we're, we're looking at, you know, obviously uh, audible uh, feedback for those of us uh, who can't see uh, and just general sort of uh, things that you would expect from uh, AR headsets. Um, the display is supposed to be considerably uh, better than what's out there now. Uh, so it's Apple's uh, attempt at uh, reinventing uh, the headsets that are out there now. What are the rumored hardware specs? Like maybe not so much in terms of like RAM or or, uh, or processing, but what, what do you think they're yeah. going to try to aim for in regards to like a functionality of the hardware? Uh, well, so far, there look, looks like they're trying to uh, looks they're coming out with two models. Um, uh, one model is, uh, um, you know, we, we got to look at what they have for their iPhones and and their Apple Watches. So uh, I expect uh, the battery life is going to be different between the two models. Uh, they're they're talking about a four thousand uh, PPI display, uh, which is a pixels per inch display. So that's that's a considerable amount uh, for those um, who has some vision. 
um yeah and, and you know they're talking about uh, the chipset it, itself so the, the actual um hardware inside is uh one's gonna be a little bit better than the other a little bit faster uh so they're gonna create that little separation between the two models um and i feel that's probably gonna be based on price because the uh these obviously are not gonna be cheap uh, nothing from apple ever comes cheap uh is there any speculation about the price price points they're they're so they're talking about the range from like anywhere from three thousand to five thousand dollars, which is it's it sounds like a lot of money, but when you compare it to what's out there now, uh, it's it's in the middle there of of the technology that's out there for uh, for people that have vision loss. So um, I remember like a couple of years ago, like there's uh, glasses for the blind that were uh ten fifteen thousand dollars and now they've they dropped down considerably i think the ten thousand last couple years so uh this being at three to five thousand is is actually pretty good so (laughs) considering uh uh hopefully they actually make it a medical device if they can categorize as a medical device uh i i could see so many people uh you know trying to access uh uh, these glasses because that, that's the huge obstacle for us is is the cost of these uh technology and just accessing it and and you know and many of us just don't have those funds to uh to afford something like that nelson every week you and i are talking about smart glasses or talking about ar vr headsets it seems to yeah. be a pretty common conversation that you and i are having and something that we haven't really talked about is what we would actually want in this hardware to make us put down the cash to get it. So from a personal perspective, as someone who's very tech-oriented but is also very devoted to the community, what would you actually want to see in one of these devices that would encourage you to plop down the cash? Uh, well, I mean, it's, it's for, for me, it, it, this this might be asking a little bit too much, but uh, I think it's possible that they can do this. Um, if they can aggregate the public uh, information that's out there with the Instagram, Facebook, uh, uh, Twitter, with uh, which has like uh, the, uh, people's pictures that have the profile pictures, if they can aggregate that and sort of tap into that uh, set. Uh, when you're walking down the street or, or you're in a public area where there's a familiar face you can go and actually say hi to them uh because uh you know a lot of times we we just don't see them unless they recognize us so uh that that's one thing i miss uh sort of the social interactions like if you go to a movie with the friends um you know it's you know it's gonna be annoying for them to kind of describe the movie if they don't have the, the audio description in that movie uh so it'd be nice to that it automatically taps into the uh, the movie theater for their audio description um uh what else uh go, go, going out to uh, restaurants uh that can easily read menus because uh tech technology that's out there now uh for text recognition is is it's okay but it could be you know could be improved quite a bit mm-hmm. um so th- that that sort of thing like the, the everyday stuff that uh um that we kind of miss uh, i mean i don't expect this to to help me, you know, get on a bike or jump into a car and help me drive. But uh, <laughs> uh, the other stuff uh, that I mentioned, uh, I, I think uh, that'd be sort of pretty cool to have like uh, that above like the other devices. Um, and color, color for some reason, that seems to be a big thing for me. So I uh, I, I, I end up going to like a monochrome look. Uh, I end up, I, I dress like either black or white ever since I lost my eyesight. So 
uh, I like to, to actually have some accurate recognition of colors so I can start wearing some uh, some uh, fa- fancy colors. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like it, Nelson. A little bit of functionality, a little bit of fashion. Uh, I like the idea of some facial recognition. I, the, the, there obviously become certain amounts of privacy concerns there. I also would not like it if people started facially recognizing me <laughs> everywhere I go out <laughs> in the world. Uh, sometimes I, I, I like a little bit of my own privacy. But I yeah. think definitely some integration in terms of uh, applications, right? How can Google Maps perhaps work within this headset for me that is going to help me with my orientation and uh, my orientation and mobility? I think certainly uh, functionality and fashion does play into this as well. I don't want to wear a giant bulky headset around town. I, I would like to wear something a little bit more oh, yeah. similar to a set of my, my sunglasses or my eyeglasses. Just yeah. so, just so it doesn't quite stand out in the way that you see a lot of these like very robotic faces standing out. So, so I'd yep. like to see a little bit of a slimming down in that. I'd like to see a little bit more comfort and functionality, and then I just think some integration, like not not dissimilar to what Envision is doing with their apps, trying to say, hey, we're going to find a way to try and make this a little bit more of a seamless process. So once you've got this device on, and once you've say paired it to your phone, away you go. You're not carrying carrying around thirteen or fourteen more gadgets to sort of get the full experience. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. Uh, I don't know if you remember the eyeglasses, uh, but uh, years ago there was a uh, glasses that were, were very bulky, and and uh, and um, people would tease me uh, that I looked like I was going to do some welding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, the the brand name is escaping me right now, but I actually uh, went to one of their facilities in Ottawa, and and the glasses were excellent. Like I was yeah. I was reading license plates off off of cars from the second floor of their of their of their office, which I've never been able to do, right? Like, like no matter no matter what I've had at my disposal, I've never been able to do that. So, like, the functionality oh, wow. was there, right? Like, there was a yeah. purpose, but I yeah. never would have worn those out in public, never. Oh, they're like bulky. Yeah, way too bulky. Like, like yeah. if, if like like they'd be weighing down my head, I wouldn't be I wouldn't know where to store them if I was moving around. It, it would have been it would have been too complex. So, keep making the technology more compact, more compact and smaller, and integrate it with other apps, and you'd probably get my business uh, eventually. Uh, Nelson, 100%. let's wrap up with your tech tip. You want to take a focus this week on how to schedule emails on iOS 16. Last week was how to unsend them. This week is how to schedule them. Yeah, uh, we were kind of teasing it last week. Uh, we didn't have enough time to talk about it, but um, th- there's uh, a way to do it uh, if you have iOS uh, 16. Uh, and in this case, uh, it has your phone has to be on a network, so you have to have the cellular data or on Wi-Fi um, at the time when it's actually sending it out. Uh, so as you're making your your email within the uh, the mail app and in, in your iPhone. Uh, you would just put your regular information of the the sender, the subject, uh, and the message itself, and then at the top right where you would actually uh, uh, tap on the uh, the send button. Um, for those who can still see it, it's not using voiceover. You just do uh, the long press on there, and it'll give you some options. Uh, it'll, it'll tell you uh, there's some pre-select options like uh, you could send now, you could send uh, nine o'clock at night or eight o'clock in the morning, or even customize uh, it, it as well. Um, and for voiceover users, uh, you, you would just do a, a single finger uh, double tap and hold, and then you'd be uh, presented those options. Uh, and then uh, if, if you want to get back to it, uh, uh, in case you want to add more or, or take something out, uh, you go back into your options. Uh, in my case, it shows right beside the flag messages. Um, so it may be different for other people because you can actually change the options there of, of how uh, you can organize uh, your, your mail uh, for inbox, outbox, and that sort of thing. 
but in my case, it shows like uh, uh, right right beside the uh, the flagged area where it shows uh, the the um, uh, message to, to be sent later. Uh, so you can go in there and tap on that. Uh, and then select uh, and make those changes necessary. And then uh, just uh, remember to have your phone on the network. And usually our phones are on all the time uh, if it's during the day. And and then it'll just automatically uh, send it for you. Very good. Nelson, thank you for this. All right. Thank you. Take care. That's Nelson Rego, the founder of Cool Blind Tech. want to remind you that applications are now open for the 2023 AMI Scholarship Program. If you are a student with a disability studying at an accredited post-secondary institution in Canada, you can receive up to five, a $5,000 bursary and a queen-size Temper Cloud mattress. So two scholarships will be awarded, one for a student studying English, one for a student studying in French. For more information, you want to visit ami.ca slash scholarship, ami.ca slash scholarship. The deadline is still a ways away but I'm going to be hammering you about this one because you don't want to procrastinate too much. There are going to be some things you have to do to prepare yourself to make sure your application gets in there and maybe even get approved. So ami.ca slash scholarship, ami.ca slash scholarship. You want to share that one with uh, students in your life who have a disability, who are in college or university or another form of accredited post-secondary education. Coming up after the break, Alex Smythe is going to ask you a question about memories. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI. Nazreen Abdelmajid and Ramya Emuthan are standing by. Alex Smythe has a question about memories. Yeah, Dave. So, you know, every day we have to come up with the ideas for the daily poll, the roundtable discussion. I usually think about them the day before. I had an idea. I completely forgot what it was. And so it actually got me thinking about memory and, you know, how we and all this Informa this information age that we get bombarded with constant information. How do we keep track of it all? So I wanted to find out from from everybody. How do you guys try to keep track and and uh, keep note and memorize and remember all the things that are going on in the day? So, Nisreen, let's start with you. What do you do to make sure you don't forget anything and you keep track of everything? If I don't write a list or put a reminder on my phone, I will forget. I have the mm -hmm. worst memory, and everybody knows that about me. I am finding Dory in this situation. <laughs> Organization is critical, right? Whether, whether as you say, whether it's a to-do list, a reminder in your phone, my technique is to open up a million email tabs based on who needs to be emailed back that day. Same thing with tabs in my web browser. Organization is everything when it comes to memory. Although I've been told that I've got a pretty good memory, I would argue I've got a good memory when I'm sober. You throw one drink into the mix and the whole thing falls apart. Uh, Ramya, what about you? I have reasonable short-term memory, but definitely not, like, I can't retain anything past a day. Like you, Dave, for the day I can organize myself. I've got lots of calendar invites and uh, tabs and drafts and notes going for the to-dos, but uh, tomorrow I'd have to manage it all over again. And... Um, I, I have this theory that when I was younger, I had way better memory. I used it up, and now I have nothing left. <laughs> well, it's, it's a matter of bandwidth. There's more things to worry yes. about when you're older. 
Of course. There's of more course. things to remember. The hard drive fills up. There's only so many gigabytes up now. here. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. uh, Alex, what about you? What's your technique to try and keep uh, track of your memory? Yeah, so there's a few different things, like obviously writing lists and stuff and having living documents. But one thing I actually saw a, um, a video online, and it was a, a memory expert talking about how to remember things. Because one thing I always struggled is like you get up, you move on to somewhere else, and then you completely forget why you got up or what you're, you're planning to do. And he said there was something about entering doorways and how we process information. It, like we, we focus on going through a doorway and then you forget what you're supposed to do. So I, anytime I have to get up to do anything, I think like three times and just kind of remember, okay, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing before I exit the room that I'm in, that I'm coming up with the idea or concept of what I have to do. Because I, I found before, I would just walk through a doorway and it's like, oh yeah, I completely forgot why I came in this room, why I got up in the first place. So I found that really has helped me just even in the day-to-day -day, uh, topics of getting around. One last question here, guys. How meticulous are you about that schedule? So for example, if I'm going to get my teeth cleaned and I set up an appointment as I'm leaving, I'm opening my calendar in front of my dentist secretary and as she gives me the date, it's punched right into my phone. So there's no forgetting it. It's in my calendar. Nasreen, how meticulous are you about trying to keep track of your appointments? Yes, that's exactly what I do. And even when it comes to bookings for weddings or parties, I, I write it down right away because I know myself and I've I've forgotten so many things in the past. So um, when it comes to that, I have to be really organized or else I'm in trouble. Ramya, how meticulous are you when it comes to trying to keep appointments or schedules in line? Same as you. It's got to be done uh, at the last appointment, at the last meeting, schedule the next one in or put in the calendar invite for the reminders that this is a monthly thing or else I'm it's gone. Prior it's gone. My dog has gotten ungroomed for like eight weeks because I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Prior planning prevents poor performance <laughs> yeah. or uh, or furry puppies. Uh, Alex, what about you? How meticulous? I'm, I'm not as meticulous as everyone else. I don't need to do it right in the moment, but typically like that day when I get home or or whatnot, if it's like a doctor's appointment, I'll usually have the card. It's like, okay, I'll write it on. We have a physical calendar in our house, so we actually write down everything that it's not just on the phone. I don't That's normally nice. use like my personal uh calendars to, to mark things I, I i want it on an actual physical calendar i find that just helps uh helps me better so you see within the day or so sometimes i i leave it but then i'll remember it like a week later it's like oh yeah i should probably write this down I used to famously keep a to-do list on my fridge and a marker with a Sharpie, and the first line was, make a to-do list, and nothing else was ever added to it. <laughs> uh, Alex, Nazreen, thank you for this. Alex, don't go far, because you're back for the news quiz in a couple of minutes. Ramya, before I say goodbye to you, what's coming up on Kelly and Ramya today at 2 p.m. Eastern time on AMI-audio and AMI-tv? So we're going to spring forward soon, right? And we want to talk about what the consequences are, unintended consequences of springing ahead an hour every year. We're going to learn They're about bad. this with... They're bad. It's not good. I know. They're really bad. I know. I prefer the falling back, but that's just for selfish one-hour extra sleep reasons. Uh, Francis Wong is going to tell us more about this. Also, Glaucoma Week is coming up next week. So we're talking to Dr. Larissa Moniz. Uh, I believe you guys had her on Just show spoke today. to her this morning, yeah. Amazing. Um, yeah, she's going to talk about this uh, common eye condition, how we can be uh, more aware of it. And on our parenting segment with Lucia Belafonte, she's joined by guest Gavin O'Sullivan, one of my good friends. He wrote a, a book, a mini memoir about how his parents helped him along the way um, as a person with a disability. And so we're going to talk more about that with them. Very good. Ramya, always an interesting show. Have a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
Sounds good. That's Ramya Amuthan, the co-host of Kelly and Ramya. Coming your way, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on AMI. Coming your way next, it's the weekly news quiz. This is now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI. It's Tuesday. It's the last segment of the show. You know what that means. It's time for the weekly news quiz. Oh, that's right. The Tuesday weekly news quiz, an institution on now with Dave Brown that even predates the existence of this show. Back to the days of live from Studio 5. Let's bring in the contestants. You know him well. It's Alex Smythe in Burlington, Ontario. Hey, Dave. And to paraphrase, paraphrase the name of a Nirvana live record from the snowy banks of the St. Lawrence River, it's Karen McGee. Good morning. And a little bit north of Karen across the Ottawa River is Greg David. Hello, Greg. Good morning. Thanks for having me. <laughs> no Nirvana, no Nirvana reference to uh, Chelsea, Quebec. Maybe a Dan Burns song, Chelsea Hotel. That's another story for another day. If you've never listened to the quiz before, here are the rules. There are three rounds of questions, three questions per round. Each question comes with three multiple choice options. If you answer the question without hearing the options, you get two points. If you need the options and get it right, you get one. If you get it wrong, we judge you and move on until the next point is awarded. The order of Contestants was drawn by Paul Daniel's wife, Mary Daniel, and the quiz was produced by Paul Daniel. The order will be Alex Smythe, Greg David, and Karen McGee. So, Alex Smythe, you get the first question here. The okay. three biggest newspapers in which U.S. state offered their final print editions last week? I have no idea. I'll need the options. Was it Texas, Louisiana, or Alabama? Oh, okay. Uh... Let's go with Alabama. That is correct. The Birmingham News, the Huntsville Times, and the Mobile Press Register had already reduced their print schedule to three days a week. Readers will have to turn to al.com, al.com. Greg, question number two of round number two going to you. Last week, scientists and researchers confirmed a discovered sunken vessel in one of the Great Lakes was indeed the Ironton, which went down in September 1894. In which Great Lake was it discovered? Oh, I should know this, but I'm going to have to take the options. I don't want to chance it. Is it Erie, Huron, or Michigan? I'll, let's say Lake Erie. That is incorrect. Karen McGee, was it Lake Huron or Lake Michigan? Lake Huron, where they all go down. That is correct. One point for Karen McGee. The 191-foot cargo vessel collided with a grain hauler, sinking both. So here we go. Question number three of round number one. Karen McGee, a huge opportunity here to take a lead. Last week, Eli Lilly said it would cut the cost of what drug in the U.S.? Insulin. That is correct. Two points for Karen McGee. Seeking to quiet an outcry about excessive drug prices, the drug maker said that it would significantly reduce the sticker prices of its several insulin products. So after round one, Karen McGee off to a big lead. Three points for Karen uh, one point for Alex and zero for Greg, but Greg gets the first opportunity in round number two. This uh, 
category is going to be all sports related for the uh, second round of the show. So, Greg, 15-year-old Chloe Ricketts made history as she became the youngest player to ever sign a National Women's Soccer League contract. Which team did she sign with? Yeah, let's go with the options. Is it the Washington Spirit, the Chicago Red Stars, or the Orlando Pride? Uh, I think it was Washington. That is correct. Ricketts, a high school sophomore, signed her contract at 15 years old, 283 days last Thursday, uh, which was three days younger than the previous record holder. So that's uh, one point for Greg David right there, making a game of these things. Karen McGee, question number two of round number two goes to you. Karen, what NBA team had to delete a video observing Women's History Month in the U.S. following a backlash to its content? I don't know. I'll take the choices. Was it the Chicago Bulls, the Toronto Raptors, or the L.A. Clippers? Let's go L.A. That is incorrect. Oh. Alex Smythe, an opportunity to steal a point. Let's go with Chicago. That is incorrect. Greg, oh. Greg David with the default point, the Toronto Raptors. The 13-second video received a negative response by some in the U.S. Some of the players in the video appeared to say, women run the world because they procreate and birth everybody. Oof, yikes. Uh, communication specials, Greg David, uh, your reaction. <laughs> Uh, that's not how you handle things. No, <laughs> that, that would be things. bad. So Greg gets the uh, point and an opportunity to offer a little bit of criticism there. Uh, I've lost count of the score. Uh, so someone hopefully in the control room is keeping score for me. As we get to question number three of round number two, Alex last week, Novik Djokovic got set a new record for spending 378 weeks as world number one in tennis. Who held the record previously? Oh, geez. Uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll need the options. Was it Roger Federer, Steffi Graf, or Serena Williams? Oh, well, uh, I'll go Serena Williams. That is incorrect, uh, thus giving the next option to pick up a point to Greg. Uh, Roger Federer? That is incorrect. Karen McGee with the default point. It was Steffi Graf. Uh, Djokovic has spent more than seven years on top of the world rankings and showing uh, no signs of slowing down. The only thing that stops Novak Djokovic is the vaccine mandates. Uh, as I mentioned, I've, I've lost a little bit track of the score here. I heard Bruce McLarion get in my ear with it. Uh, maybe we walk this through one at a... Karen has four. Alex has one. And Greg has two. Thank you very much, Bruce. I'll, I'll take that. that. I'll yeah, there that. you go. <laughs> Karen McGee with a commanding lead going into round number three, but it's still anybody's game, and there's going to be a variety of topics in round number three with the first question going to Greg. Greg, new evidence has been found linking the Kennedy, Kennedy administration to the arrest and imprisonment of which world leader in 1962? Oh, wow. This is intriguing. I'm going to have to take the options. Was it Che Guevara, Nelson Mandela, or Patrice Lumumba? Let's go with uh, Che. That is incorrect. Oh, come on. Thus uh, giving Karen an opportunity to take a commanding lead. I'm going to say Nelson Mandela. That is correct. Mandela's partner in writing his bi biography said the former South African president disclosed he had heard an American consul with CIA connections had tipped off South African authorities about Mandela's travel habits. Karen McGee, a real opportunity to put the uh, finishing touches on this uh, tournament, this 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 this, this uh, trivia contest here. Karen, which foreign car company? 
plans to divest its Alabama subsidiary following child labor revelations. I'll take the choices. Was it Mitsubishi, Nissan, or Hyundai? Nissan. That is incorrect. Alex oh. Smythe, an opportunity to steal a point. It was Hyundai. That's right. As many as yeah. 10 Alabama plants that supply parts to Hyundai have been investigated for using child labor. So lots of child labor in Alabama, but no newspapers. I think you might be able to draw a correlation between those two things. Uh, I've once again lost track of the scoring. Sorry, my, my brain's uh, not working today at, at, a full, at full capacity. But I believe Karen has a nice lead here going into yep. the last question. Karen has five, Alex has two, and Greg has two. Is that where we're at? Right on. Okay, I really appreciate the control room doing some math for me today. Uh, Alex, not a chance to win here, but at least a chance to show off and maybe beat Greg. So movie star and showbiz performer Anne-Margaret is putting out an album in April that includes a duet with this rock music icon singing the Everly Brothers classic, Bye Bye Love. Who is the singer? I have no idea, Dave, and uh, this is why we had the conversation with memory earlier, but uh, give me the <laughs> options, please. Is it Paul McCartney, Ozzy Osbourne, or Pete Townsend? Ooh, I I'm, I'm going to go Ozzy. Why not? That is incorrect. Greg, an opportunity for a steal here. Okay, who are the other two? Uh, was it Paul McCartney or Pete Townsend? Paul McCartney. That is incorrect. Karen McGee oh, gets the default point. I really point. want it to be Ozzy. I really wanted yeah. it to be Ozzy. Everybody always wants it to be Ozzy, except for Sharon. Uh, nearly 50 years after she portrayed Tommy's mother in the big screen adaptation of the Who's Rock Opera, and Margaret is reuniting with Pete Townsend for her album. Uh, we're pretty much out of time here, but I'm just going to ask the tie-breaking question for the heck of it. Oh, this is an easy one because it was the Daily Poll last Friday. What U.S. luxury department store chain had announced it was closing all yeah. of its stores in Canada Alex. last week? Alex, it is... Um, Nordstrom. Nordstrom, yeah. boom. So that you was just You have to wait till he finishes asking the question. I didn't read the rules properly for what that's worth, Karen. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was rushing. It through. didn't make a difference. You still won, Karen. Your, your victory is intact. Don't worry. Uh, we've only got a minute on the clock here. Karen, did you ever step foot in the Nordstrom in the Rideau Center? Yeah, I had some good, some nice things, but I haven't been in there for a couple of years, so I'm the problem. I always, I always laughed at the irony that it was like next to the shadiest bus stop in Ottawa. Like it's like one of the nicest stores in the Rideau Center. Yeah. They probably could have planned that a little bit better. Uh, that's all the time we have, but the winner of the news quiz is... Karen McGee, back on her rightful perch. Congratulations. Thank you very much. I finally beat Alex. It feels good. <laughs> uh, well, we'll have more opportunities in the weeks moving ahead. Greg, thank you for this. Oh, thanks for having me. One of these days, the category will be 80s hair metal, and I'm going to sweep. Then you're all set. Uh, Carry no, it no, 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 Guys, guys, guys no chatter. One. We got to go. Cut their bikes off. <laughs> that's all the time we have for the show today. <laughs> Until tomorrow, I'm reminding you to play safe, play fair, but don't forget to have some fun. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books. 
where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.